Father, we ask in the name of Jesus for the Holy Spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of Jesus. We ask you to open up our eyes to what you're saying to us through the Holy Spirit. Bring to our minds scriptures that relate to, to this dream. Father, I pray in the name of Jesus that you would open our ears to hear your voice tonight. What are you saying to the church? How can we agree with your leadership? How can we walk in greater holiness of heart? How can we pursue you at a deeper level? God, we ask you to stir our hearts to love and wholeheartedness, wholehearted devotion to you tonight, Father, through, through this prophetic forum. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, we'll first read Nate's dream. Um, I dreamed of a person struggling with sin. He was sitting in the stomach of what seemed to be a sea monster or a giant whale. I knew, um, I knew there was acid in the stomach that was slowly digesting the person by destroying whatever part of him was touching the bottom of his stomach. It obviously was very uncomfortable. This made him constantly try to shift his pos- position in order to not be as uncomfortable. The feelings I felt that he was experiencing were of fatalism, discouragement, loneliness, woefulness, and even such a lack of hopelessness and joy that it caused him to want to give up lay down, and slowly die. The only way for him to be freed from this hopeless situation would be to be digested and go out the other way. So. (laughs) (laughs) So, Nate, if you want to talk about maybe some of the emotions you felt um, when you had this dream. I didn't have a lot of strong emotions during the dream. Um. However, I was keenly aware of his emotions that he was going through, and those were already described. Um, feelings of despair, feelings like he couldn't get through it. Um, we'll talk about those later. So the only emotions that I felt were just uh, feelings of sadness for him, um, some sympathy, understanding uh, that I've been in that same situation, um, dealing with sin and not feeling like I can get free from it. That's it. Just put sadness, because we'll get to the other ones at the end. Okay, so we're going to start off with the person struggling with sin. Um, What comes to mind when you are thinking of a person who is struggling with sin? Like, what comes to mind? When When you hear a person struggling with sin, what are some of the words that, like, pop into your head? Oh, yeah. Bondage, battle, divided heart, blindness, double-minded, frustration. Um, Aggravation. That works. That's two. Yeah, not seeing breakthrough. Desired breakthrough. Depression, yeah. Okay, I think that's good. Um, Nate, was he, did you feel that he was a believer or like an unbeliever? Yeah, I was consciously aware upon waking that he was a believer. Now, the question is, would he soon not be a believer? In other words, In other words, was he a person that was on the brink of falling away? Or um, in the dream, I wasn't, honestly, when I woke up, I wasn't sure that that he was a believer, but I, I, I do believe he was. It was it was a little unclear, but I believe he was a believer um, because there was a, a struggle with it and there was despair. And usually when people have fallen away, there's apathy. Um, they don't care anymore, you know. But this person was still was still feeling it and he was still he was still battling against it. No, and the person was unknown, but I I saw him as a representation. I saw him as a representation of of general Christian, of any Christian that's struggling with with uh, deep sin. Okay. Um. Okay, we can go off to the to the next piece. Um, he was um, sitting in the stomach 
what seemed to be a sea monster or giant whale. So um, what comes to mind when, when you just think stomach? Like what goes on with that? Digestion. Digestion. Somebody said trapped. Trapped. Thanks. We got Jonah. <laughs> Core of your being. It's really good. Okay, comparing it to like a furnace, you said? Yeah. The first yeah. Or the yeah, with things decompose. Mm. Being completely covered in slime and acid and grossness. Okay. <laughs> um, and then sea monster or uh, giant whale. What comes to mind when you hear that? Leviathan. <laughs> You can't get away from it because it's so big. Oh, yeah, inescapable. Satan. When I think of a monster in relation to sin, I think of like something that's going to just keep getting bigger. Like when you're feeding the monster, mm. it just keeps getting bigger and like that's feeding good. it through small compromises or whatever. That's good. Mm. Um, something that eats you or slowly consumes you. Like, I'm just thinking of just, like, destruction. Like, think of those movies where you have, like, the sea monster coming out of the, the, the sea or something. It's, it's usually never good. <laughs> All right, cool. Um, Nate, did you feel like the um, monster was, like, sent, sent from, like, God or sent from somewhere? No, I didn't believe that it was sent from God. In fact, I was, I'm, I'm convinced it wasn't sent from God, but rather that the person simply brought it on to himself. Um, in other words, the monster to me was uh, the, um, in a sense, like sin. So when he's giving in to sin, it's the result of sin. In other words, it's the trapping the ensnarement that sin brings. Huh? Yeah, well, no, the thing that the, the result of sin, it actually finally traps you. You know when someone's giving, someone's giving into sin a little bit, a little bit, and they can pull out of it, but there's a point when you fall into it deep enough that you can't pull yourself out. You need to crowd to Jesus, and he needs to actually rescue you. Um, so I hope that makes sense to everybody. So it's a, it, it, obviously, it obviously means that the sin is severe, that the sin, that it wasn't just a one-time thing that got them in there, but it was a slow process to finally be consumed by this beast. And so, It makes me think of how, like, um, when people talk about sin that's, like, deeply rooted in, like, you can't just cut off the branches. Like, it's yeah. it's like that uprooting. Absolutely. It takes a lot of effort to get that out. It's. Yep. I'll talk about this later, but yeah. I've had the, I had the understanding the revelation when I woke up that it was a sin that's at a very heart level that maybe is internal and maybe doesn't manifest itself a lot outward. Um, just like the sins that Jesus talked about in Matthew 5, 
you know, lust is just looking at a woman with lust in your heart. It's not necessarily doing it. Um, we talked about those sins being sometimes being deeper and more severe because they're hidden. Um, and they eventually take you over. Um, yeah. Yeah. One thing leads to another. Yeah, yeah, yeah no doubt. Okay, good. Um, so I knew um, that the acid in the stomach. Okay, so like acid, like what are what are some of the things that acid does? Like what comes to your mind? Burns. Breaks down food. I think destroy. Eats away. Consumes. Okay, and then in the stomach, um, there was slowly digesting. Um, so, I don't know, Nate, maybe you can first go a little bit more into that, and then we can... <coughs> I have to remember what I said about it. I believe it's simply that Satan, the way Satan usually tempts us and the way that he ensnares us is that he slowly leads us into sin and into these um, yeah, into these areas of our lives. Well, he leads us into this sin slowly because if he did it quickly, we would probably realize how bad it is, how damaging it is, and we pull back. But uh, he's he's stealthy. He's crafty, sneaky, so he slowly uh, ensnares you more and more and more until you, before you know it, you're completely ensnared. So I think that has something to do with it. Um, yeah, it's deceptive. And mm. Is there anything else anyone else has Yeah, what do you guys mix? think about that? Yeah. I don't think this is a very important a very important part of the dream, mm-hmm. but I think it's, it definitely wasn't, it wasn't going to happen in a moment. It wasn't imminent, mm-hmm. but he eventually would die from the acid destroying him. And so I think that does show what sin is. Yeah. You know, the effects of it, he was feeling the effects of the sin that he was in, um, mm-hmm. the immediate consequences of it. So, mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't think we need to even yeah. go much into that. I think it's just yeah. the nature of sin it slowly hurts you more and more and more. Mm-hmm. And so when you die, you're yeah. cut off from possibility of being saved. Yeah. You know? I guess what I what I think yeah. is an interesting, interesting contrast is when I think of acid, I think of something that's very quick, something that destroys quickly. And, like, if you, like, throw acid on something, it's like it burns, and it's like get your hand away or get away from that. And it's interesting in, like, when something slowly, it's like they say if you put, like, a, a frog in, like, a, in lukewarm water and you gradually turn the heat up like it'll eventually die because it can't recognize the gradualness until it's dead so i don't know i just i just find that correlation between the two interesting that there's such a strong um component of this acid surrounding this this person but yet it's so slow at the same time it seems almost like a contradiction but not like a bad contradiction, you know what I mean? But just like, you know, why is there that contradict? I just think it's curious. Yeah. Yeah, you slowly see. Yeah, that's a good. Yeah, absolutely. That's a good point. And, and in the next sentence, I'll talk about how he was, um, should I just read it? I can just read the next sentence. Oh, no, the comfortable. Because we could say something about the uncomfortable. But anyway, later on it talks about how he's constantly trying to shift around in order to not be uncomfortable. So he's trying to do all he can to not be burned by it, but he's still going to get burned by it, you know, unless there's another, unless he goes out the back end, like we talked about. So okay. all right. you are right. The scripture that just was coming to my mind as we were talking was uh, from James 1. When tempted, no one should say, God is tempting me. Because that's uh-huh. where you said that you didn't feel like it was from God. 
For God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he tempt anyone, but each one is tempted when by his own evil desire he is dragged away and enticed. Then, after desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin, and sin, when it is full grown, gives birth to death. So just talking about the the digestive process of the, the acid eating away. That's good. Um, okay, we can go on to the, the next part. Um, this person, um, let's see. Let's see. So, yeah, it was obviously very, very uncomfortable. Um, this made him constantly try to shift his position. Um, maybe we'll just kind of expand just briefly on just uncomfortable. Um, and just you're thinking of just like the uncomfort that he's experiencing. If you guys have some ideas you want to throw out. Yeah. Yeah. You yeah, you want to get comfortable. It's almost like you'll do anything to get out of being uncomfortable. That you don't yeah. like it. Yeah. Obviously this guy got himself where he did. He's not at fault in a way that he's not with the situation he's in. Yep. Keith. Yeah, I don't know if it's like necessarily his fault. Um, but it is showing him that anything necessarily logical or rational. Mm-hmm. And they just kept going to, they, they kept trying different pastors, and it was always uncomfortable, and this, and the next one, and the next one, and the next one. And they, all, they would almost do whatever they could just to feel comfortable. There was, there's three or four pastors that almost became our pastor, just because they wanted to get out of that uncomfortableness. And that, that, that would kind of explain the switching positions. Oh, this pastor, and that pastor, and that pastor, and that pastor. I don't know if that has any correlation at yeah, all. Yeah, it's interesting because it's like you—he's trying to find his comfort by, by shifting around, but it's it's kind of like doing it in your own effort, trying to well, if I do it this way, maybe I'll be comfortable. Well, that didn't work. Maybe I'll try it this way and I'll be comfortable, but it's not working until, yeah. yeah. Trying to, when we sin, sometimes we can try to ignore the fact that we're being destroyed by it or the fact that it's painful, the fact that we hate it or that it's just destroying our heart because, you know, there may be people even in this room that have been struggling with certain deep sins or something that they keep fighting. But if they're honest, it's it's damaging their relationship with the Lord. It's putting a, a severing between them. But like we can try to cover it up or like justify it or, you know, or. Any any one of those things, do everything except for be radical and do what Jesus did. Cut your, you know, cut your hand off, <laughs> figuratively. Mm-hmm. Or just do whatever it takes to get out of it. But instead, we, we uh, yeah, we just try to ignore it however we can. Yeah, I believe that he's shifting because he's not willing to do what it takes to actually be freed because he somehow he knows that he needs to get out the other way. He needs to go through the opposite end of the fish through the digestive tract, but he's like uncomfortable and he's shifting. Um, all the while knowing that the only way to escape is to go out the other way. So, yeah. Okay. Um, this, yeah, it's, we kind of talked about the shifting of position already. So I don't know if we need to, we need to dive into that. Um, the feelings um, that you you felt like the the man was feeling um, was fatalism, discouragement, loneliness, woefulness, and even such a lack of hopefulness that the joy um, the, there was just a lack of joy that caused them to want to give up, lay down, and s- slowly die. Um, maybe we can tackle just um, some of the words, just kind of expand like on fatalism. Um, like when you hear fatalism, 
like what is kind of your definition what are some of the things that come to mind fatalism yep out of control already determined you can't do anything about it end times it's too late it's, it's, it's just the late. mentality that it's too late no hope Discouragement. <laughs> if God wills, yeah. Islam. I think the main thing, I know I used a lot of describing words, mm -hmm. but the main point that I was trying to hit at is that, is that he feels um, discouraged to the point where he doesn't have hope for himself. Or it's hard to believe that there is deliverance for this sin that he's entrapped by. And um, I don't want to get ahead of us, but mm -hmm. that's just, uh, <laughs> yeah, we can relate that to any one of our lives is sometimes when we're in, when we have a certain sin that we're struggling with, or maybe we've, we're almost fallen, we've almost fallen away. Sometimes we can think that, um, yeah, I've tried, I've, tr I've wrestled, I've tried. Why would it be any different this time? Or like, can God really get me out of this? That's the question that probably was going through this guy's head. We, I guess we don't have to go through through each one. Um, pretty well get the general idea of what he's feeling. Um, the um, only way for him to be freed. Um, so what uh, what comes to mind when you think of just like being freed from all of this? Repentance, happiness, something you don't want to go through, but something you have to, Reha like rehab, <laughs> it's a good, it's very good. Yeah. Okay, and then, um. Can I add one more thing to that? Yeah. Yeah, and then when we were having a meeting, we were talking about what does it mean to be freed completely from sin? And some things that came to my mind were um, that when you are free from the sin, you are, one of them is that you're in the light. You're, every, the sin that you used to struggle with doesn't have hold on you. Um, and part, part of the reason why it doesn't have hold on you is because you're in the light. In other words, you're talking to people about it, and you confess it to people. And um, another one is is that is that though though there's the temptation, you never you don't stumble in it anymore. You don't actually fall to it anymore. Um, so it's drastically different. It's complete liberty, really mm -hmm. complete. Complete liberty. Yeah. Yeah, that's all. Okay. Cool. All right. And then to be digested and go out the other way.
In other words, yeah. Processed. <laughs> That's funny. Pooed out. You guys can <laughs> just I don't want to clarify in case you don't in case you don't get the question, it's what do you think that symbolizes or what comes to your mind when you when you hear the words like he needs to go out that way. In other words, through the digestive tract and yeah. Okay. Excreted. No, he had to. It's the weirdest thing, but he actually had to choose to to force himself to go through the to get out the other end of the fish. So the and what I'll just explain it because it's a little strange. I'll just explain what the Lord showed me is what it meant is that um, there's certain issues in our life that the only way the only way that we're going to get free with it is if we stare them straight in the face and we actually painfully confront them. And we don't just say, oh, I, you know, confess it a few times, but you actually get violent. There's a violence to it, just like Jesus talked about. And if we don't have that, there will be sins in our lives that will forever hold us back in our walk with God. Forever. And you will never bear the fruit that you were called to bear. And you, or, or it's, it's going to be a sin that will keep you actually from entering the kingdom of heaven. Because we know that without Without a pure, without being pure, no one will see God. Without holiness, no one will see the Lord. So there's a there's an element to this dream. I just want to make things clear here. I want to make sure that you guys are getting it. Without there's there's two elements too, is that one, this believer is the jeopardy. The 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 something that could happen is that could he, he could fall away. He could actually not make it into the kingdom because of his sin that he's holding on to, or he simply doesn't deal with this sin that he's struggling with, maybe on and off, on and off, and it keeps him so bound his whole life, and it hinders the fruit that can come out of his life. Um, and so I don't want that to happen to any, I don't want either of those things to happen to anybody, so this is trying to illustrate that, that kind of teaching right now. Um, so going out the other end, to me, <laughs> to me that just means like, Going through the pain, the struggle, the dirtiness of of having to face your having to face your sin, having to talk about it, having to confess old stuff, any of that. So, if you guys can, if there's anyone that has any thoughts on that or any stories, if you have any person submission, that's be- that's really good. You have to submit to the people around you in order to be delivered. Well, to the Lord too. There's a submission to both. I'm actually thinking of. This morning, Richie talked about fasting, mm-hmm. but what he talked a lot about is in in this life we have to go through humiliation, and what what could be more humiliating than getting pooped out by a giant <laughs> whale? And so, I mean, that's just exactly what I think. It's how humiliating would this be? Nobody knows that you're inside of a, of this beast. And the only way you're going to go through it, because you could not ever admit it, and you'd stay inside, and nobody's ever going to know, but you don't bear fruit. And the only way to get through it is to pass through the humiliation of actually coming out that side and everything that comes with it, and how humiliating that will be. But the only reason you would choose that is because you know that it's worth it, that you won't be inside of the beast anymore that you'll you'll come out the other side and you'll be alive and you won't you won't have to deal with it anymore you'll actually pass through it and it the it'll be over with mm-hmm. it's temporary there you know you you won't have you won't get eaten again you're going to pass through it and you're going to get and just knowing that the father is going to wash you and cleanse you and but it's going to suck (laughs) (laughs) and it's kind of like humility is what the process of getting out but it's pride that keeps him in exactly Mm -hmm. Uh, i also think uh when you think of digestion the process it separates the nutrients Mm -hmm. which can be actually the good stuff from the bad stuff is the point (laughs) yeah you know, the bad stuff is flushed down the toilet, but the good stuff 
you know, mm -hmm. you need that. And so it's kind of the brings to my mind through the it, almost like brokenness. It's breaking you down, breaking you down, breaking you down, breaking you down, sifting the good from the bad kind of thing. Mm. And the, all the processes involved in that. Gotcha. Um, it actually made me think of a situation a few months ago. Like the Lord wanted me to confess some sin to someone. Um, and it was something I did not want to talk about at all. Like, and, um, but, you know, he, he, I had repented of it and confessed it to him, like, multiple times, but I was still, like, struggled with it. And just, like, the Lord bringing me freedom. Like, he brought me, like, complete freedom once I confessed it. And, um, yeah, so it just makes me think of that. So. Thanks, Rachel. So I think, I think to use one word to summarize what it means to be to go through the fish would would be repentance. That's what, in my opinion, I think. Um, yeah, I think the entire process can be summarized in, in that one word. But it's the <laughs> this, the full definition of repentance, where you total change of heart, change of mind, change of everything, and that maybe take a little time to get full repentance. we pretty well got the gist of the dream. Um, does anyone want to try summarizing it in one, one big chunk? Abby? <laughs> Should I just repeat it? Well, because they may not know how to explain it if they didn't have the dream. Well, I was just trying to think if, you know, by just looking at the different pieces that we have together up here, by tracking just, like, the emotions you felt, and then from this man, like, just the different words we have going on here, with just the struggling with sin, the bondage, the blindness, the battle, the double-minded, um, just um, with that, and then going into the stomach, and... Um, what's happening to him while he's in the, that stomach and how he's surrounded by that acid and how it is um, kind of, yeah, the, destroying him from that bondage. So, I, I mean, you pretty well kind of went through it all, but, yeah. Um, yeah, just someone who is entrapped by their own sin, but they're provided an out, but it's just a matter of choosing to take that out or else be consumed by the sin. Yeah. And then the, is that the last thing? Because we could talk about the verse, right? Or the scriptures? Well, we had some scriptures over here. Were you, did you want to add on to that? Yeah, this, the, this will probably be the last thing, but uh, upon, as I was writing the dream out, I thought of, well, I'll say this. <laughs> when I think about the dream, I think of I think of the sins in people that are often hidden. Um in other words, the I think of the teachings that Paul or Jesus or anyone gave about um the the heart the heart motives or the inner the inner sins that people don't often see. So, we live in a quite religious uh country and mo a lot of us have been brought up in the church our whole lives. And so there's a tendency to to feel to feel like you're you've arrived or like you're you're righteous um if you don't do wrong things on the outside but Jesus Jesus had that issue with the Pharisees because they they were doing practically all the right stuff on the outside but he could see through that and he saw that they had that their hearts were not pure and so I think this dream is mainly focusing on people with those kind of issues. And I know I've had that in my life. So <laughs> if anyone here is struggling with that, I've, I've been there. That's for sure. Um, but I think that the, the Lord wants to do a deeper refining work in us and actually pinpoint 
I really believe the Spirit's doing that as pinpointing heart motives. In other words, like, why are you serving God? Why are you preaching? Is it for your own glory? Is it for your own popularity? Is it so that you can feel good about yourself? Why do you why do you give money? Is it because you want to be richer? <laughs> You're believing that God's just going to bless you back? You know what I mean? There's just like motives, heart motives are so, so important to Jesus. But it's so easy to just see the outward surface, you know, when we're going to church all our lives. So um, that's why I put Matthew 5 up there because Jesus in Matthew 5, he, he says, I tell you the truth, if your righteousness, unless your righteousness surpasses, or is greater than the scribes and the Pharisees, you will not enter the kingdom of heaven. And and then he says, you must be perfect, therefore, as your heavenly Father is perfect. And I believe what he's really hitting on, it seems clear from, if you read all of Matthew 5, he's talking about a wholehearted devotion and a heart level, a wholehearted purity unto God that involves cutting out the evil, cutting out the sin at a heart level, and then that will begin to manifest on the outside. And so the Lord is calling us. I'm convinced of this because I did have the dream. So I think I can say that with confidence that God is wanting each one of us to to sit before the Holy Spirit and to and to and to beg him to show us the areas in our heart that he wants to purify. Um whatever they may be. And uh I think we'll begin once those areas are purified in your life, you'll begin to see incredibly you'll begin to see a lot more fruit and a lot more holiness and a lot more love come out of you. So, um, yeah, and there's a lot more, there's a lot of scripture actually on this point, guys. It's not just Matthew 5. Like, this is a huge issue in scripture um, is the inner sanctification. And sometimes we can uh, we can gloss over that. So that's, that's all I got. I wonder if we can, um, I don't know, I always think with dreams, like, they're often, like, fuel for prayer. Um, like usually like when he pours out dreams on, on certain subjects, it's kind of like, okay, God, like, are you wanting to open our eyes to something? You want us to pray for something. Is there something coming against us or against, um, uh, a group of people that, um, you want me interceding for them for? So, um, I wonder if we can take a moment just to ask the Holy Spirit, um, just to see if he can reveal that to us. If there is something more, he is wanting us just to give us a little bit more direction. And then if we are able to hear some things, go off of that and then use that to to pray specifically into those areas. Is is that okay? <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, so, yeah. So maybe I'll just lead out. Um, thank you so much, God, just for how you speak to us through dreams and through visions and pictures and so many different ways, God. Um, even just walking outside, you speak to us through the trees and the weather, God. And it's just amazing, God, how you're just always talking. And everything you say has so much meaning to it, God. Um, we thank you just for pouring out this, this dream on Nate, Lord. Um, so we just ask you, um, Holy Spirit, if there is more to this um, if you could um, give us more specifics on, on um, if this is a warning for something specifically, what that is, Lord, and just lead us in how we can pray, God, so we can pray um, what's on your heart, God, and, and pray um, with wisdom, God. Um, so we just, we just ask you, God, um, just for you to come and just speak to, speak to us so that we can just uh, pray your will, God. So we just ask this in your name, Lord.
Colossians um, 3 says, If then you have been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things that are above, not on things that are on the earth. For you have died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. And it says, put to death, therefore, what is earthly in you. Sexual immorality, impurity, passion, evil desire, and covetousness, which is idolatry. On account of these, the wrath of God is coming. And these you too once walked when you were living in them. But now you must put them all away, anger, wrath, malice, slander, and obscene talk from your mouth. Do not lie to another one another, seeing that you have put off the old self with its practices and have put on the new self, which is being renewed in knowledge after the image of its creator. Here there is not Greek and Jew, circumcised and uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave, free, but Christ is all and in all. Put on then as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassion, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience, bearing with one another, and if one has a complaint against another, forgiving each other. As the Lord has forgiven you, so you also must forgive. And above all these, put on love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony, and let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you were called in one body, and be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts to God. And whatever you do in word or deed, do everything in the name of Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Lord, I just see what is going on in this country. What is being preached from the pulpits is forgiveness without repentance. And that is why the old self, this this young this young Christian believer who's stuck in the beast, he's not the only one. There's tons of people all over this country, young and old, man and woman, who are still living with the old self. They have not put away, they have not put to death what is earthly in them because they've been told and lied to. They've been told that comfort and pleasure is what they want. But they have forgotten what has not been preached is that that only comes when you come in glory, not before. We have forgotten that in this life we will suffer. In this life we will be conformed to the image of the Messiah who was put to death. He suffered. We must suffer in this life because there is so much pride in us We were born sons of the devil. But because of what you have done, Lord, you freely gave it. We don't have to do anything other than just choose it, other than just go with it. Just like this this boy inside the beast, if he chooses the right path, he knows the right path, that he must go through the digestive system. Once he dives into it, he will not be the one pushing himself through it. He will be pushed along. Something else will move him along through it, and he will pass through on the other side. He himself will not do it. He himself wouldn't have the strength to do it anyways. We don't have the strength to put to death, but you are the axe that is at the root. You will cut it away. And I pray that people will just yield to that. Someone talked about submission earlier. That we submit to the humiliation that we will go through when we let you do what you came to do. To sanctify us. and, and And to bring us to holiness. You desire our holiness more than we do, Lord. But that's not what we're preaching. We're preaching that if you add Jesus to your life, then he'll make everything good. Rather than preaching that there is a king who loved you and created you, and in his image, and that image was ruined by the devil, but he made a way, and he desires you to look like him. 
to be pure and holy. And He will bring it about. And it will, be come, it will come to completion at the resurrection. That salvation is finished at the resurrection and not before. Not before. It's not now. And it's not when you die and go to heaven. Everybody's waiting on resurrection. And that's what we put our hope in and in nothing else. And when we do that, it doesn't hurt so much to put to death what is earthly in us. But we make it hurt more than it should because we care about what people think. We care about appearances. The fear of man and the religious spirit is so entrenched in the church. It's sickening, Lord. And I, I know that you are already you're lifting the blinders off of this generation and you're bringing the generations together, Lord. You're bringing things back as they should be. We were indeed called into one body, and we will see that, and we will be thankful. And I just praise your name that your peace will rule in our hearts, and we will delight in your presence. We will delight in the cleansing. We will delight when the hyssop purifies us. Because when we do that, when the consuming fire comes and we, have, we know that we've built upon the foundation, we built it with precious stones and metals, that when it comes and it burns through us, that we'll be better on the other side, not worse. But there are so many that are building with, with straw and stubble and they're afraid because they, they know deep down that what they have done with their life will be burnt up. And they're afraid. And so remove that fear. Remove the religious spirit and remove the fear of man out of the church, Lord. That's what we pray. Let us create an environment in our churches where people are free to fail, free to make mistakes, because we're all going to make mistakes. That we come in forgiveness when we have troubles with one another. I just praise your name for everything you've done for us. Just want to, before we go on our break here, Jude 24 through 25, to him who is able to keep you from falling, to present you before his glorious presence without fault and with great joy. To the only God, our Savior, be glory, majesty, power, and authority. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord, before all ages, now and forevermore. Amen. So, Lord, this is our hope. This is our hope. Our confidence is in your grace, Lord, to present us blameless before your presence on that day. So, Lord, we do pray right now for that young man, representative of so many in your bride. We pray for our own hearts, O God. And we ask you, Father, in the name of Jesus, to strengthen your church in this hour. That you would give us that unwavering, uncompromising hatred of sin. But that complete dependence that the only way we're going to be set free from it is by the work of your spirit. So, God, we just say that our whole heart is set on the work of your spirit, and we ask you, Holy Spirit, in your church, would you strengthen our hearts? Would you wash us? Wash us? Would you cleanse us by the work of your spirit, we ask in the name of Jesus. We love you. We love you. Strengthen our hearts, we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Can I throw something out before we end? Okay. Um, I kept hearing the word say, turn around, turn around, and... I was like, do you want me to turn around, Lord? And, and he's like, no, no. Um, and I was like, well, what do you mean, turn around, turn around? And just where we keep our eyes are at when we're watching YouTube videos that show um, women dancing around in, in not very much clothes, when we're reading magazines that aren't, um, glorifying God, 
um, when we're looking at things, he just kept saying, just turn around, turn around. Like, we're looking at all these things. And he's saying, don't look at them. Turn around. Turn away from them. Run from them. Joseph, he ran. He got out of there. But we're allowing ourselves to look at these things. We keep looking and watching, and we're wondering why we feel there's this barrier between God and ourselves. We're saying, God, why can't we get close to you? Why can't I feel your presence? Why am I not seeing the manifestation of your spirit? It's because we're looking at all this gunk, and we're looking at all this stuff. We're so distracted by all this stuff. We don't realize how blind we're at. we are. And I, sorry, but... I just really feel his heart, just his cry. It's just turn, turn around, turn around. Just keep saying that, turn around. So, I don't know, but that's just what he keeps saying. And I don't know what that all, but there you go. <laughs> okay. So, God, um, I just pray for your mercy. God, it's your loving kindness that leads to repentance. And you have so much mercy on us, God. So much mercy as we're not the bride we're supposed to be, God. All over this nation, God. All over this world. God, yeah, just mercy. Have mercy on us. God, and I pray that you would just drop bits of truth on us. Bits of truth that as we're being captivated by these, by these things that we're seeing. God, that as soon as we click on that YouTube video, we would have conviction in our hearts and we would see the truth of what this will do to us and what this will do with our relationship with God. I pray, Lord, that instead of gazing at all of this stuff, Lord, we would run away and just want to gaze at you, God, and say, God, this stuff doesn't matter. I just want to gaze at you. I want to look at your beauty and I just want to be fixed on you. Because it's when you're looking at God is when you become like God. You don't become a God, but you, you, know, you take him on. So God, I just pray that you would just direct our eyes to you, God. I pray that all these other images, all these other things don't satisfy us, God. That every time we look, we have that conviction in that this isn't it, God. But then when we look at you, we're like, this is it. This is it. And every time we're doing stuff, whether talking to people or whatever we can't wait until we get that next look at look at you god that we can't wait to run one run away and get that 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 fix of just looking at you and gazing at you and just being with you that that would be our comfort that would be our refuge and that's where we would pursue god so i just ask that in your name lord and i just pray yeah god just have mercy <laughs> and we just praise you that you're a merciful god just thank you, Lord. We just praise you. Amen.